everyone. Welcome to Wednesday night service. So happy to see you all in the building and everyone online. We're so happy that you joined us tonight. A couple of things we've got going on tonight. We have Beyond Sunday right here in this room. And then we also have out to these doors tonight. We are going to have um, Finding God in Your Story and then also Conversations on Marriage. But we want to make sure you're aware of what's going to be going on next month. So I have Sydney and Ryan up here to tell you what's coming up. So Sydney. Hey everyone, starting in July, we're going to be doing a class on missions. We have over 70 partnerships around the world. And um, so we're going to be talking about that. We'll have local and global missionaries here um, talking to us. And I tell you what, God is moving in crazy ways around the world. There are so many testimonies that we want to share with you guys. So you guys are not going to want to miss it. And then the other workshop that we're offering, we're going to call it Dreaming with God. And so we're going to look at how do you take those dreams, desires, passions, the giftings, the callings, maybe some of the prophetic words that you've received, and actually see those things come to pass in your life. And as a result of coming to that class, we'll help you really hone in what it is that you're going after. But you will walk away with an actual practical uh, roadmap of what to do and how to see some immediate momentum in the dreams that God has given you. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And you're going to walk away with some practical steps that you can apply immediately after those four weeks. So as we dive into worship, I just pray that this time blesses you and breaks out anything that's holding you back and hindering you tonight.
Yeah. 
Sing it out. Praise him like he deserves. And oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God.
Because you are mighty and worthy to be praised, Lord. So, God, we lift our hands and we raise our voices to you, Jesus, because you are worthy. We lay down our needs. We lay down the things we're believing for because, Jesus, right now, 
You are all that matters. You are all that we want. You're all that we could ever need, Jesus. You are more than enough because you're an always faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. just gone through the motions I'm sorry I just sang another song and take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I've come with my agenda and I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough to take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you oh I'm caught up in your prayer want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings. No. Jesus, you don't owe just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you nothing else nothing else Jesus 
nothing else will do for me. I just want you and nothing else and nothing else and nothing else will do. all we want, Jesus. 
God, you give yourself so freely every single part. You hold back nothing. You keep nothing from us. You are available always. You are faithful always. You are generous always. So God, we give you glory. We praise you because you are deserving of every praise that we could ever bring. You are deserving of every single thing we could ever say. There aren't enough words for us to glorify you the way that you deserve, but you take what we bring to you. Even when we fall short, God, you take us as we are. So Jesus, I pray tonight that if nothing else, you are glorified. You are praised because you are deserving of it, Jesus. We love you and we thank you that you meet us where we are in every situation. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. so 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 good during worship i saw this picture um and i just got this picture of a a medicine ball and i felt like the lord was saying it's a heavy weight like a medicine ball sitting on your middle you can feel the weight like it's pressing into you and this weight is blocking the deep life breaths that you should be able to take so i want to go after that right now and break the agreement with that so if you'll bow your heads with me heavenly father we come to you right now and we bring this burden we break the agreement with it we speak peace and rest over the body in Jesus' mighty name. All right, we're going to transition into our classes for the evening. So if you are going to be participating with Finding God in Your Story, you're going to head out this door. If you are going to Marriage Conversations, you're going to head out right this door. We've got one more week next week, and then we'll be transitioning to the new July series. And then Pastor Jesse is going to be coming up to go over the Beyond Sunday. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? I'll say it one more time. Good evening. How you guys all doing? Thanks, Caleb. Appreciate it. I'm excited. First of all, the weather's nice, number one. Number two, we get to gather together. And I think gathering is such an a awesome thing, a, a time where we get to really take a break from what we hear and what we see and just come together as believers and, and come together to just refresh each other. I don't know about you, but I know before service when I talk to people, it just brings a refreshing to my heart. Um, and we can talk about almost anything, uh, but it's just really not neglecting the gathering of all God's people. And um, I just get really excited about it. So, But before we get started, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this uh, this evening, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and in our hearts and in this time. We thank you for a moment of worship, that we're able to exalt who you are and really lift you up, Father. Lord, whatever maybe we've been carrying, now that we're here, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we let it go. We leave it at your foot. Lord, we thank you that you're going to give us the rest that we need. You're going to rejuvenate our bodies, Father. You're going to give us a new, fresh revelation of who you are and what your word says, Lord. And then you're going to help us apply it in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And we all say amen. And I also want to acknowledge those that are watching online. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I want to say welcome to you guys. And I know God's going to bless you right where you're at. Uh, and we're in this series called Beyond Sunday. Everyone say Beyond Sunday. 
You know, and it's like, it's, it's funny because they asked me, hey, Jesse, last week, can you, can you bring a word? Uh, and, and the idea is to let's take what they talked about on Sunday and just elaborate on it a little bit more, give it a little bit more a point of view. And I said, sure, I'd love to. Who's speaking Sunday? And they said, oh, Jim, uh, Jim Van Steenhouse. I'm like, okay. And he's known as the Bear Man. And I'm like, sure, why not? And I went on Sunday. And how about you? Who, who went last Sunday and heard his message testimony? Make some noise because that was powerful. His word, his message, his testimony, I mean, it got me into tears. And then I realized, i got to follow up with this guy. This is amazing. A little intimidating, but amazing. And how, how do I follow up? And I just, I mean, from what he was talking about, he was talking about uh, how he was building his own empire through his selfish ambition. I mean, if you didn't see that message, go back to Facebook, go back to YouTube, and go listen to that message. But he talks about before Jesus, given his full commitment to Jesus, that he was building this empire for himself. And he was willing to take anybody out that was in front of him. Then he talked about facing death in the face through a bear. Come on now. Through a bear. He talked about questioning his eternity as he's dying on a mountain. Am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Then he went on and he talked about what he's doing now. Standing on that platform, giving God glory as he shares his testimony. It's really good. Look at your neighbor and say, it's really good. You know, and so I thought about it. I'm like, how, how, do I, how do I go beyond Sunday with his testimony and what he did? And as I started to complicate things because... How many times have we complicated God and we realize, wait, 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 hold on. God's not a complicated God. He's not. And if you didn't know that, he's not a complicated God. And as I started to complicate this, this thing, I realized, wait, the answer is really easy. You see, what we need to talk about is how should we share our story? Because we all have a story. We all have somewhere that we came from. We all have peaks. We all have valleys, and we talk about these peaks and valleys in those seasons, but we have to remember that we all have a God who is not phased by any peaks or valleys. Not phased at all. You know, there are times where I, I'm going about in life, and then there, an issue comes, and I'm shocked. My wife's shocked. My family's shocked. But God's not shocked. There are times when an unfortunate event happens, maybe a loss of a loved one or, or something that happened. You know, we don't know what to do and we're phased here on earth. But God's not phased. Because God's promise is that he will sustain us no matter what we go through. Amen to that? He will sustain us because there is no issue on earth that is too big for him and I, one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm pretty sure it's one of your favorite scriptures as well, is, is Psalms 23. Typically we quote it when we're in a valley. Some people have it tattooed on them somewhere. They quote it. I remember a funny story. Uh, I remember uh, back in 2007, 8, you know, I'm, I'm newly married with my wife, Maddie, and we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and a tornado was going around in town in Oklahoma. It's, it's Tornado Alley, and... It's 3 in the morning, and I'm watching the news, and I'm like, in fear. I'm just confessing right now, but I'm in fear. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? And then the news anchor guy's like, all right, take cover. Well, we lived in an upstairs apartment. And they said, get as low as you can. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to the floor, because even though I'm low on the floor, I'm still the second story high. And I remember fear crippling me. 
to the point where I woke up my wife. I said, come on. And we went downstairs, pounded on a neighbor's door, and we went in their tub. And I opened my Bible to Psalms 23, and I started quoting it. And I don't think there was anything wrong with that. But the motive I had was, I'm scared. I'm, God, you're probably scared too. You feel me, right, God? Because I didn't understand the nature of God, that there was no circumstance that phases him. You guys want to know what happened that day? We survived. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. But I, I think about it. We, we go to Scripture, and I love it. And Psalms 23 brings this piece. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm actually going to read the New Living's translation. All translations are great, but I'm going to read the New Living's translation. And as I read, I want you just to kind of sit on it for a little bit and just soak it in like a sponge, okay? Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. I'm going to repeat that. Bringing honor to his name. You see, when we find that rest, it's supposed to bring honor to him. When he leads us down quiet paths, it's supposed to bring honor to him. Verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod, your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, will pursue me, will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. How are you feeling right now? How are you feeling? Think about it for a second. What you probably just carried in, you're not thinking about right now. Maybe what situation you might be going through, for this moment, you were not thinking about it. Because God is not phased by peaks or valleys. I think about Bear Man's, and his name is Jim Van Steenhouse. We'll keep the Bear Man name because I like that name, Bear Man. You know, you, you hear his testimony and you hear what he went through, but the entire time God was with him. In the middle of nowhere with no, no reception. And he talked about not having reading the instructions with the phone, the satellite phone, but God was there. And he walked them through the entire time. And, and, and when you look at and you hear that story, you'll realize that God was at arm's reach for Bear Man. He was right there the whole time. And what I want to talk about lines up with that. That God's at arm's reach with you. And my challenge, or you could say the question I want you to ask yourself is, am I reaching back to him? Because there's one way where we pursue, or the Father pursues us, but it's another level when we turn back to him and we pursue him. I have four kids, 13, 11, 9, and 6. Pray for me and my wife, okay? It's amazing, amazing, but it's a lot. And as, as easy as it is to just grab my three older ones and just say, hey, give me a hug, and they hug me, it's a different level when it comes to my six-year-old son, Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah... And you guys will testify this to this if you guys are parents. 
Jeremiah would do this gesture, and he does this without any words. And then the hands flap like this. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, even an infant knows how to do it. And this gesture means what? That's right. Give me a hug. Come here. And without saying a word, what do we do? That's right. Carol got it. Scoop him up. We get him. We scoop him up. We squeeze him. Sometimes my wife will be in the grocery store and we're walking and there's this tiny little baby. And she does this, come here, I just want to squeeze your cheeks. And you guys know what I'm talking about? And the baby, I mean, they just do this whole thing and we don't even know these people. It's just, I just want to squeeze that baby. Because there's something about this gesture of reaching that makes an impact in someone's heart. This is from a human, earthly Mindset and scenario, how much more Heavenly Father? When we can feel this on earth, how much more a Father who's just desiring for us to reach Him? See, when we worship, we sing, we jump for joy, we shout. Some of us make joyful noise, and that's all we can do, like me. But the idea is this the moment we stretch and reach to the Father, the Father's there grasping us. Because it's no, because it's no difference from my son saying, Daddy. And that's all he needs to do. When we say daddy, guess what's happening? He's there right by our side. So like I said earlier, the question is, are we reaching out to him? You read scripture, you see stories, you watch how Jesus walked this earth, and you'll see the very mission of God. And that mission is to, to save us, to share him. I'll say it again. To, to save us, to share him. We all know John 3.16. But we rarely quote the next verse of John 3, 17, where it says, For Christ, God, did not, God sent his son to this world not to condemn it, but to save it through him. You'll hear the mission of God. So when you look at the testimonies of Bear Man and you look at your own testimony, they're parallel. God's there to save you because he cares and he loves you right where you're at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, um, I don't know if you've ever seen those movies where they go into someone's brain and there's, like, there's either lots of activity or there's not a lot of activity. I'm going to take you to my brain, okay, and let's just hope there's a lot of activity going on, okay. But when I uh, either pray or, or read my word or just fellowship or even my wife's telling me a story or my kids are telling me a story, I have this like gaze look. I kind of don't look in, in you and your eye. And if I've ever talked to you and I've ever done that, I'm going to give you what I'm doing, okay. So, so say you're talking to me and you're telling me a story and I'm no longer in eye contact with you. It may look like I'm gone and not listening, but reality is in my head I'm picturing everything you are saying. See, I'm not thinking about maybe a person coming here and shaking this person's hand. I'm thinking, what type of room was it? I'm thinking, uh, was, it, was it 2 o'clock in the afternoon or was it 9 at night? I'm thinking, was it in Holland or in Granville? Like, I have all, and I don't know why God created me that way, but I, I, that's how I listen. I can see things. And, and so as I look at the mission of God and God's downloading these things to me, this is the image I got when God showed me John 3.16. And when God says, my mission is to save you so you can share me. Can you put that picture up? That, that image right there. That's what I see. What do we see? It's a helicopter. Right? And this helicopter... This guy is going down, jumping out of the helicopter into the water. And the purpose of this helicopter and that person is to go save someone that's drowning. 
And so when I think of Christ coming from heaven down to earth into chaos, that's what I see. When people can't swim, he can. When people don't know or can't see or or it's just consuming so much that's around him, he's geared up. He knows how to save them. Natural. Now think God. God looks down. He sees chaos. He sees everything that's going on in our lives. And we forget he sent someone to come down here to save us. How foolish will it be if this guy came down, the guy's drowning or or whoever there is drowning, and he's trying to grab him and save him, and he says, no, no, I got it. I, I got it. We would call that foolish. But yet the world does that at times where Jesus is simply saying, I'm here. And the reason why he's elevating you, because as soon as that happens, he, the, the, that man will elevate the person on up. Christ elevates us because he wants us to share our story of when we were in the valley, we feared nothing because Christ is with us. Christ is with us. You look at Jesus, the perfect example of all things. The perfect man that walked this earth faced what we faced, and said, take heart, I've overcome it all. He understood what reaching meant. He understood what reaching was all about. You look at uh, the Gospels, actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the entire Gospels, you'll see this one same account about the 5,000 people being uh, fed. You guys know what I'm talking about? The Bible says in the Gospels that when Jesus was talking to the multitude of people. 5,000 minimal, there was more, but 5,000 on account that the people were getting hungry. He was noticing that. And as the disciples said, let's go and send them home so they can go eat, Jesus says, no, we're going to feed them. The, me- the, the message goes on and the story goes on where the disciple says, wait, what, what? We, first of all, we don't, I'm paraphrasing it. We don't have the money and we don't have the time To feed 5,000 people. We barely can feed ourselves. But Jesus understood what it meant to reach. He says, what do we got? He reached for the bread. He reached for the fish. And he reached to heaven. And he gave thanks. And he blessed it. And he fed everyone. And there was more. There's power when we reach in the name of Jesus. Jesus understood that. You look at uh, really another account of the blind man in the book of Mark. The blind man is reaching out for a savior to, to, I want my sight back. And the Bible says in Mark that he grabbed him. He reached for his arm. He walked him out of the village. He did some things with the spit. And he reached his eyes and the man could see. But it required someone to reach. And someone to reach. You look at another account. The book of Luke, you'll see two disciples. Now, this is the burial, the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection already happened. This is the part where Jesus is walking around for about another 40 days, and, and he's walking, and, and, and these two disciples are walking up to Emmaus, and Jesus starts walking along them. And they're talking about Jesus and what happened. And Jesus says, hey, what you guys talking about? And they don't recognize him. So they start telling Jesus about Jesus. 
And Jesus is saying, tell me more. And they say, where were you? You've been living under a rock or something? So they start telling the story. Everyone say testimony. Say testimony. They start sharing the testimony to Jesus about Jesus because they think Jesus doesn't know. But Jesus reaches out his ear and he lets them talk. And he listens. Long story short, they get invited to eat, them three are together. Jesus reaches and feeds them and their eyes are open and they realize this is Jesus. The whole time we've been with him. We didn't recognize him, but we've been with him the whole time. I believe we have a lot of those moments. I believe that there are times where we get through something, we praise the Lord, and then we realize you were there the whole time. That's who our Savior is because he's never left our side. He's there even when it's bad. He's there. And the biggest reach of them all is when Jesus reached one way and he reached the other way. And he said, go ahead, boys, nail me because I'm going to reach all mankind. There is power when it comes to reaching and I want to challenge me and you. Are we reaching back? Because if we're not, the time is now. The time is now to reach back. In the book of John, there's a man named Nicodemus who is a religious leader of the law, a Pharisee, a man who thought he had it all good with God until Jesus came. And if we know the history of what, what was going on with the Pharisees and Jesus, the Pharisees were constantly trying to find a way to get rid of them. But Nicodemus was catching something because Jesus wanted his life too. He wanted him. And the Bible says in John that Nicodemus had to leave at night. And it's probably because he didn't want the Pharisees and the Sadducees to know about it. And he snuck out at night and he found Jesus. And he said, Jesus, tell me about this salvation and what you're obviously you're the son of God with all the miraculous things that you're doing teach me something tell me and Jesus starts teaching him about salvation and what it means to be born again to give your life to him so that he can inherit the kingdom of God we see all these accounts of Jesus reaching out to people but we need to reach back just like Nicodemus reached right back to him the mission of our testimony is to share him, not hoard him. Share him. Because we come to church, we accept and we receive, and then we go home and we just sit on it. And we're not sharing to our world. John 3, 16 through 18, message translation. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. You hear the purpose and, and the mission of God. He wants no one destroyed. He wants everybody on board. It goes on and says, by believing in him, anyone, absolutely anyone, can have a whole and lasting life. And that person that we're thinking right now that we can't reach, God wants him. God wants him. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger 
telling the world how bad it was. No. He came to help. He came to help. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why, Jesus asks? Because of that person's failure to just simply believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. Introduced to him. Let's point out introduced to him. Why does Jesus say introduced to him? And the reason, the reason why he brings that up is because he's, he's expecting us to say something, to share a story, to give a testimony, to share the, the good news about him. He wants to be introduced to people. But we need to share. We need to reach. We need to go out. Jesus helped. He helped by reaching, extending, and making himself available to people. To all people. Whether they liked him or not. He made himself available. Whether they kicked him out of town or said, stay in my house, he made himself available to all people. He demonstrated, he demonstrated what we saw a second ago of a Savior, God coming in flesh form down to earth so we can be elevated with him. See, as a church, we need to do the same thing. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible and I really mean it. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. This is very easy to remember. Is Ephesians 5.1. Imitate God as dearly beloved children. Imitate. Copycat. Simon says. But this is God says. Very simple. You know, sometimes when we don't know what to do, we got to look to what God did and we just do it. Paul even said, made it easy, the Apostle Paul. He says, look, if you don't know what to do, follow me as I follow Christ. For I do what Christ did. He's playing a game. He's saying Simon says, but God says, Jesus says. If you don't know what to do, then, then copy me because so, I'm copying him. That's what he wants us to do. We don't, like I said, we don't just go to church. You have to understand that we are the church. We are the church. We gather together in this, this beautiful building, paid off building, praise the Lord. That's all him. But we gather together. But then when we leave and when time is up, like I got like 10 minutes more, man, time flies. When we leave, expectation by God, go be the church. Go continue to share the story. Go do what I did and share that good news. We should never ask, what can the church do for me? Because the church is not about me, it's about we. It's about all of us. The church exists not for us. The church exists for the world because we are the church. The benefit about being a part of this body is that we're in the body. And we hold each other accountable and we're here for each other and we walk with each other. But God wants us to go out to the world that needs a savior. Jesus said in the Bible... It's not, it's not the healthy that they need the doctor, but the sick. And what he's modeling is for us to go out there and find those people that don't know him. That we see on a daily basis. That we can reach. Did you guys know there are people I will never reach, that any pastor in this church will never reach, but you? 
you guys know that? There are people that we will never encounter, but you do. And God says, I want you to be my light and to preserve and to serve these people. I, I've done many hospital visits, uh, whether it was, you know, a baby or whether it was really sick um, to the point of death. or I've been at so many hospital visits. And the common denominator with the entire journey of my visits, and I think any pastor can testify to this, is that whatever hospital I was at, whether it was here, you know, uh, Grand Rapids, Holland, Grand Haven, Zealand, wherever it was at, the common or what was all the same was that every person that worked at the hospital was serving the people that were sick. They were all doing something. The mission was that person, are you comfortable? Do you need a glass of water or a cup of water? Do you need some? No, no, you don't need pudding right now. Trust me, you don't need pudding. Because <laughs> they're looking for, out for their best interests. They were there to say, yes, I'll help you. And no, that's not good for you. But, and you could be mad, but I'm, I, I'm just trying to protect you. And I think that's so amazing when Jesus says, is it not the healthy that need a doctor but, or, or the sick? It's the sick. So I, 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 like I said, I love taking even just some, some just examples of what we do in our everyday life like a hospital, and say, am I doing that spiritually to my neighbor or to the people I encounter? Am I simply just inviting them to church to say, hey, get plugged in so you can be the church with us? It's, it's a challenge for my own heart. Matthew 18 and Luke 15. Matthew 18 and Luke 15. They both had the account of the lost sheep. And we know the story. There's, not, there's 100 sheep. There's only 99 that he counted. One's lost. And the Bible says that he left the 99 to go pursue the one. I love what Bear Man talked about. He talked about the prodigal son, the son being lost. And the father waiting with arms wide open, please come back. Please come back. You look at Luke 15, you'll see about a lost coin. And it was funny because I opened my Bible earlier today and I said, lost, lost, lost. Down the page. Lost, lost, lost. Three in a row. And I realized... You're about the lost. You're about finding what's lost and to celebrate and rejoice, whether it's a coin, whether it's a sheep, or whether it's a person. There's something about rejoicing, the Bible says, when a person comes to him. Because what was lost is back and it's found. The story illustrates the love of a shepherd for his sheep. Um, I don't know... <laughs> For, for, for purposes I couldn't, you know, that I don't know of, I couldn't share a video, but I'm going to explain this video I saw. So there's this, these guys, apparently they're shepherds, and there's this sheep that's stuck in this long ditch. I don't know if you guys seen this video or not, on, uh, whether on Facebook or not. But these guys go into this ditch, and they, you only can see the back of the sheep's, you know, the feet or whatever. And, and they grab, and he's going, bah! And they grab, and he's going, bah! And they yank him out, and he comes out. And they're like, whoo! And then the sheep takes one, two, three, and it goes right back into the ditch. You guys, who's seen that video? Or am I the only one that saw that video? Like, I wanted to play it so bad, but it's okay. And I laughed so hard because <laughs> I'm a sheep. <laughs> I'm the sheep. I'm that sheep right there. I'm, I'm willing to admit it. I'm willing to admit it. Because how many times have I gotten myself stuck? And I remember looking at the reaction of the people. They're like, ah! Like, and I think they were speaking another language, so I don't know what they said. And it, and, but it was just funny because you get out, one, two, three, and go back in. 
And I love it because our Father, no matter how many times we get stuck, God's saying, oh, little faith, ah, come on, let's go, let's go. Now go share what I just did and let people know about me. Even if it was scary, even if it was hard, even when you're still in it, go share my goodness and my faithfulness to everyone in the world. John 10, verse 11, Jesus simply says, I am that good shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20, it says that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. You look at King David for a second. King David understood, I am a sheep when it comes to him. I'm king on earth, but I'm still a sheep because he's the great shepherd. He's the Lord. He knows and he's worthy of all. And we need to, once we gain that knowledge of what God did for us, our desire becomes the same as his desires. Just like in John 4 and the Samaritan woman. Sitting at the well, thirsty. Samaritans and Jews did not mingle at that time. Didn't even associate or talk. And here's Jesus, the Jew, sitting down asking for water from the lady, the Samaritan woman. And she says, why would you talk to me? Do you not realize that you're a Jew? Just check in. You're a Jew, right? You're a Jew? And I'm a Samaritan woman? And Jesus goes on and says, only if you knew who I am. Paraphrasing. Only if you knew who I am. You would ask me for water and I would give you living water. It goes on and Jesus really shares the heart of him and the Father and say, hey, I want to give you eternal life. And he, and he speaks how she's living for the moment and talks a little bit about her past and tells her what to do next. And the Bible says that she got up with excitement, left that jar of water, ran to the village and said, hey, check this out. I think I found the Messiah because he told everything about my life. Come check him out. And the Bible says that the Samaritan woman testimony is what got people to come to Christ. It was her sharing what she just received. Not hoarding it and saying, thank you, Lord, for everlasting life. And then I'm going to take my jar and go home now. Mm -mm. She was left it all and said, I'm going to share. And it says that the whole town came to him and they asked him to stay when he wasn't even supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there at all. But he stayed for two days. And they started saying, first we believe because of your testimony, but now we believe because we're experiencing them right now. And we're going to go share about him now. That's the love of the Father. Man, I'm so excited about this. Because we are they. We are they. It may not be in a village, but it can be in wherever we're at in our neighborhood. Or it can be at Walmart or Meyer, some of us at Target. It can be with family reunions. It can be at a 4th of July cookout. It's exciting because God desires that for, from us. He says, share your story. You, you know what's cool about sharing your testimony? I don't know about you, but when you share your testimony, your story about God, like when Bear Man shared his testimony, we didn't go after the, at the end of the whole thing. He says, I think you're, you're, you're not accurate about your story. You can't say that because it's his story. It's his testimony. So when someone, when you're sharing your story and you're telling someone about what Christ did for you, they can't say, oh, that's not true. That's not accurate. It's, they can't because it's your story. Most likely they're going like, wow, that's amazing. Watch, for instance, here's my story. 2005, September 
2004, 2005. I'm living this life without Jesus. I finally, my wife and I, who are just boyfriend and girlfriend in high school at the time, we are, we are having these friends that are inviting us to Resurrection Life Church, but at the Holland campus, okay? And we're like, no, no, no. Well, a Saturday night, we're sitting in a park late at night, and they're talking to us about the, the end times. And I've never heard this stuff before, and I'm getting scared, just being honest, okay? And I'm like, oh, no, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And they're like, hey, just come to church with us. I said, okay, we'll go. But if we go, you will never invite us again. Like, we're done, right? He's like, yeah, we're done. We won't, we won't invite you again. I think they giggled after that. I don't know. But we go to Res Life Holland for the very first time on September 4, 2005. And I remember the song, the first song I ever heard as a non-believer about to transition into a believer. I, the first song I ever heard was, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. You guys know that song? Or am I that horrible? Okay. All right. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> And I remember like, oh, it's an upbeat song. That's awesome. Yes, Lord. I remember the words. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I sit down. And we used to watch Pastor Dwayne on a video stream. It was like a satellite campus. And I, don't, I remember him wearing a certain short sleeve shirt. And I'm like, okay, never heard this guy. And obviously you guys heard his teachings. And I don't remember what he talked about. But I remember the impact in my heart. I remember the impact in my heart. And then at the time, there was a campus pastor who hosted, and the video cuts out, and I'm like, I need Jesus. Like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And our tears are going down. Bow your heads. I'm bowing my head. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. If you need Jesus, raise your hand. I raise my hand. And I'm like, everyone's raising their hand. I know they are. They, they're getting what I'm getting right now. And then they say, all right, if you raise your hand, look at me. I look it up, and I'm like the only one with my hand up. And then he goes and says, come up here. What? No! 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 <laughs> and I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, no way I'm going to go up there. Yeah, come up here. Come up here. God accepts right where you're at. <laughs> and I said, no. But something made me stand up. I said, no. And something started, I started walking down the aisle. And before you know it, I'm crying and I'm saying, yes. Yes, God. Yes. And at that moment, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I was changed forever. I was changed forever. But that's not even the funny part. Because what I'm trying to say in this testimony is that entire week, I went to everyone I saw. Remember, this is my, my bride. This is my wife right now, Madi. But we were a boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Okay? And I told my in-laws, who were just my girlfriend's parents at the time, I said, you got to go to church next week. Yes, we will be there. Yes, we will be there. Come. And I'm telling everybody, my mom, my sisters, my brother-in-laws, my friends, I think we had like 20 people come with us that Sunday. But it was Sunday morning, 30 minutes till service starts, and I go to pick up my girlfriend, and her parents are sleeping. They're still sleeping. But, but they just told me. They told me they were going to go like a couple of days ago. And she's like, well, my parents are sleeping. You know what I did because I was so much in zeal for Jesus? I said, I'm going in their room. And I opened their room, and they're in bed. And I get on top of their bed, and I'm like, you said, I'm not joking. I am jumping in between them. You said you would go to church. I was like, I was ready to get kicked out of the house. But I didn't care because I wanted my testimony, my story, for I want everyone to hear it. And I threw everything on the line. And my father-in-law, which is my, my, my wife's stepdad, 
He goes, we told him. And they got up. And they showed up at church. And church happens. And pastor has a great message. And guess what happened that next week? They all came to Christ. They all came to Jesus. 20 people total walked up. I'm like, yeah, now I'm not alone. I got a posse now. What's up? <laughs> because of a story I shared, testimony. And someone can't say, oh, you're not telling the truth. It's my story, man. Lady, <laughs> I don't know. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it because that's what God did in my life. I bet you somebody stirred up to share something now all because I shared my story. That's all I did was I just shared my story. Fast forward, and now we're doing still stuff for the Lord. There are people at arm's reach, like I said, in your life that we will never reach. And I want you guys to be in a position to say, I can, because God called me to reach those people. John 4, 35, the Bible says, Jesus said, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up, look around. The harvest is ripe. It's ripe. No more of, ah, let me just see if I can. God says, go. They're ready to be picked. They're ready to come into the family. I just need a harvester to go get them. Go tell them and go invite them. And let me change your life is what the Lord says. Let me do it. You just love them. But let me do the changing in their hearts. You just give them a ride. Even if gas prices are expensive, go get them. I'll provide for that for you. Go pick them up, bring them, take them out for breakfast. But let me do the changing in their life. Because I'm their God. I'm the great shepherd. There's power in a testimony. Like I said, last Sunday when I heard Bear Man's testimony, it stirred me up inside. I said, who else can I talk to about my God? Who else can I talk to? When Jesus said the harvest is ready and it's ripe, he was referring to people. They're ready to be picked. They're ready to be picked. I want to give you quick Three things you can do right now to reach these people. Number one, now it's time to apply what we just learned. What are my steps? What do I need to do? Pray for the person that you're about to reach. Pray for them by name. Now, my wife's real dad, he passed away in 2018, 17, I can't remember, 17. Um, but prior to that, he was just a, it was a hard-headed, cold-hearted man. And I'm, not, and I'm saying that not in a joking way. I'm saying that because that's what his lifestyle was. And it was so hard. There was strife in the family. Um, and my wife used to be in tears when they just had a conversation because he was just, really was a bully and just wanted to instigate fights. Arguments, not fights, but arguments. And it broke her heart. And we did a, a 21 day of prayer and fasting in 2011. 2010 or 11, I can't remember. But we did a prayer and fasting. She actually did it. And it, she prayed earnestly for him. And I remember her first prayer was, God, bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. That was it, because that's just how much hard, like it was hard. But by week one, it was like, Lord, I just call these out. You will break his heart and melt it and let him see you. Then week two, Lord, we're interceding and we're praying in the spirit. And then week three, God, we're calling this God to heaven. We're everything. And I remember it was the last day, the it was the 21st day. It was 11 at night and I went to bed. And my wife said, you know, Jesse, it's okay. I'm still going to pray for my dad to come to Christ. And about 1130 at night, the last hour, she receives a phone call from her dad. I fell asleep already by here. So she's telling me the story. And her dad says, Marty, 
I'm sorry for everything I caused for you. I just accepted Jesus Christ. And I just want to say I'm sorry. And I, I wanted you to be the first person to know. We live in Michigan. He lives in Oklahoma. And God said no distance is going to stop me from reaching somebody you're praying about. That's the power of God. So like I said, pray for the, for the person or the people that you're trying to reach. Romans 10.1 says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Number two, don't worry about what others think. Who cares what they think? Just do what God wants you to do. John 4, 27, 28. Just then his disciples came back after talking to the Samaritan woman, Jesus. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her jar, water jar beside and the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Jesus could care less what the disciples thought because he was reaching somebody. Now they were thinking, but Jesus could care less. He says, I'm reaching this woman right here, and it's going to change a village because that's the impact that God wants. And then number three, make sharing the gospel a priority in your life, a priority. However God wants you to deliver it, make it a priority in your life. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Jesus, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Isaiah 61, 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. This is what God says, not me. This is what God's word says. Let's go ahead and close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. God has a mission for you. But you have to say yes to him and reach back. Maybe you're here and you've never really even ever reached out to him. And you're saying, I want to call on Jesus and I want to have an encounter so I can share my testimony. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. I will not call you up. <laughs> But I just want you to raise your hand just so I know you're here on the count of three. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. One, two, three. Just raise your hand really quick. Raise your hand. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. I see two hands right now. That's amen to that. Three. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can put your hands down. You can put your hands down. Four. I just saw you. God bless you. We're going to pray together right now. And we're just going to simply ask Jesus to live in us. So just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you for the mission that you have for me. I'm sorry for all my sin. I call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, I know you died for me, and I know you were raised from the dead, and you were alive today. So put your spirit in my heart. Lead me the rest of my life. And through your spirit, empower me to share this story. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say amen. And if you're watching online and you made that decision, make sure you comment. Let us know the impact that God's doing. And then go tell the world about what Jesus did. Nikki.
Testing. Oh, it's still my mic. Got it. Can you hear me now? There oh, look it. It's like a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Awesome. That was so great. Thank you so much, Pastor Jesse. Um, three ways to give for you tonight. We have text. We're on that one. Oh, there we go. Three different three ways to give. Reslife.org slash give. Text resgive to 94,000. Or you can do cash and check. Boxes are in the back. There's a blue banner to say giving. Um, next week, we are going to be filming. If you are interested in sharing your testimony, we will have an opportunity in sharing, finding God in your story, which is located in this room next week. So you can film your testimony if you're interested in doing that. We have our last night of conversations on marriage next week. And if you are new, this is your first time visiting, we want to get a chance to meet you. Say hi, get to know your name, and connect with you throughout the week. So make sure you stop by our Welcome Center in the back. And if you need prayer for anything, please pop on down here. Our prayer team is going to be here to come alongside of you, um, walk you through your new steps in saying yes to Jesus, and also just come alongside of you in anything that you need prayer for. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, family online. We'll see you next week.